0: here at T.O.P. to have brother and sister Dewey with us this morning. I am thrilled to death to meet them. I'm thrilled to have them at T.O.P. today. Amen. We love missionaries. We love our men of God that are willing to sacrifice men and ladies of God are willing to sacrifice everything they have to go overseas and minister this gospel. Some of the finest people In our Christian walk, our missionaries. But hear me. I am not shortchanging this. He's got a word. He's got a word. What a move of God. And before he comes, can we just let the Lord know how thankful we are for his presence here today how thankful you are for the blessings He's given you over 2019. We don't need music to hype it up. We don't need singers to hype it up. You've been good to me, Jesus. You have been so, so good to me. And I'm thankful are you thankful today? One more time, a hand clap of praise as Brother Dewey comes this morning.
1: Amen. Praise God. We're so blessed to be with you today. Amen. It doesn't take long to see what kind of a blessing this church has. Your pastor and his wife truly love and serve this church. That's obvious. Amen. And uh, I want to honor the leadership that's here. Thank you for leadership. I used to say, why do evangelists give honor and give honor and give honor? Just preach the word. But as I matured and grew, I learned that as we give honor to leadership that God has given, we open the doors for God to say, okay, you're in the right spirit and you're under a covering, and I can bless you just continually because you learn to give honor. Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. And so I give honor to your pastor. We can't honor Christ if we can't honor the leadership that God has given us. They're representing Christ to you and to me over and over again. Amen. So many times, so many ways. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm saying they're representing the Lord's leadership to you. Amen. And I've learned that God can bless that. Amen. Uh, I'd like to uh, just share a few things about our mission field. Um, We are... uh, You may be seated, I guess, at this time. We are called to the Middle East nations, and just in very short uh, description, this is the Middle East and North Africa. This region has 24 different countries, but we have only 18 missionaries in this entire area. That means there are 13 nations without a missionary, and uh, you probably know that quite a few of these nations are access challenged. It's difficult to get in. It's difficult to be safe. It's difficult to share the gospel in almost all of these nations. And so we came back from Lebanon this year in January. God blessed us to be there at a time when we were needed and to stabilize and help the church that was there. And uh, God has opened our hearts to pray about a few different nations we believe we'll visit in the next few years, uh, maybe one or two or even three of them. But uh, we believe also that God is going to establish long or or mighty works, long-term works, not necessarily with a missionary presiding, but God is doing a work. Amen. I think of the nation of Iran and uh, reports are coming out that the mosques are empty. They're saying that the people that are in the mosques are those paid representatives, military, those that the government is funding, they will go to the mosque. But the rest of the people are sick of what they're seeing. And they're disgusted by their own government's actions. And they have come by the thousands into Turkey to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, so, I was not surprised when the Lord told me to begin praying about Turkey and and how we could possibly go there in the future. There's perhaps 20 million people in the middle of Turkey that are called Alevis. They do not practice the Islamic faith on the outward, but they believe God is one and he should be worshipped from your heart and that you should be loving and gentle. And they don't participate in a lot of 20 million people, but they're unknown because the Turkish government doesn't want to talk about them. And so these kinds of minorities are uh, hungry for this true gospel. And so we're praying about that and believing that God will open this region to us and that we could be a blessing. I don't know if someone can get the lights a little bit or uh, the screens are bright enough, I'm sure. If you could play that clip, see a few of the countries we've been, Amman, Jordan. We spent time up in northern Jordan looking uh, and uh, also in Lebanon. Go ahead and play that. I'll just... Enjoy it with you. share her testimony for a few moments with you, just to share our burden for these countries.
2: Praise the Lord, everyone. It is such a privilege to be here with you. This is our first time in the state of Virginia, and we are loving it. It's beautiful. I grew up, uh, we're, we're Canadians, actually. We live right in the center of Canada, but I was born and raised in eastern Canada in the province of New Brunswick, and the uh, the rolly hills, and the mountains, and the forestry here reminds me so much of New Brunswick, and so I feel like I'm home. And seeing all the Asians in your church makes us feel at home, too. (laughs) Sincerely, our district superintendent in the Central Canadian District is the first ever Asian district superintendent in all of our organization. We have a huge Filipino uh, community in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where we are from. And they're even settling into the rural areas of our province as well. And we are truly blessed to have them uh, immigrate to our province because they are such servants, really, and loving people and family-oriented. And we just are benefiting so much from uh, their beautiful spirit. And the revival spirit, oh, they love God. And they appreciate what God has done for them and their families and oh, we are blessed to have them. Um, a little bit about our time in missions. We didn't start this when we were 18, you may have guessed. We started this after we were married and had two children. The first time we went on the field was to the country of Jordan. We've always been in the Middle East. It's always been our heart. Uh, Our children were age 10 and 8 years old. We had never been overseas before. It was our first time crossing the pond and settling into a city of 3.2 million people uh, where we knew no one, just the two of us and our two children. And from the very beginning, it was truly just a beautiful experience, never a moment of fear because we were obeying the call of God. And I would have been more concerned if I wasn't obeying the call of God, actually. I would have felt very unsettled. But where we were, we knew we were obeying the call of God. And we were at perfect peace. There was no fear. We worked um, primarily... Well, we did work all over the country. Uh, Our supervising missionary went back to the U.S. on a medical leave. And at one point, we found ourselves running all of the ministries in the country. It was crazy. We were running every single night, every single day here and there. But what we really, truly loved was in northern Jordan, we opened up a brand new work within 15 minutes of the Syrian border. And a lot of the baptisms you saw at the end were from that area. We taught multiple house Bible studies, and every single one that you saw was a result of a house Bible study. One of the families... One of the families... Lived in a one-room house. We had saw we saw it one time when we went to pray for their daughter who was sick. But shortly after that, they lost that house and they were living in an open field, in a tent. Uh, four children. They had two children that no longer with, lived with them. Mom and dad and four children in the tent with the horses right outside of the tent. All their their livestock, and so that family we taught home Bible study too in the Sunday School classroom following service. It was an amazing experience, we loved every moment of it. And some people wonder, how do the people of the Middle East respond to you? What are they truly like? Because you hear so much negativity in the press. They loved having us there and they were so curious why we would choose to live in the Middle East. Are you diplomats? No. Well, why are you here? Like, why would you choose to live here? We can't wait to get out of here. We don't want to even live here. We were born and raised here. We don't want to live here. It doesn't take long before they realize that there's something different about us. Uh, In Jordan, we couldn't really speak openly with Muslims about really why we were there. We really wanted to convert them. But what we would say is, oh, we work at the International Church in downtown Oman. There's a large international community in every single one of these Middle Eastern states. Filipinos, oh, so many beautiful Filipinos there as well. And it gave us legitimacy as to why we're in the country when we can say we're working with, mas- with um, international people. Uh, in in uh, Lebanon, we worked with people from Brazil, from Africa, from the Philippines, from French nations all over the world. In one service, we would have uh, interpretation into Arabic, of course, from the platform, and then out in the audience, we would have individuals interpreting into French and Portuguese as well. It was truly very international and very, very beautiful. I will end with this one story. There was a young lady who came to church with her co-worker, in Lebanon, and uh, she had never been to an apostolic service before, a Pentecostal service. In fact, there aren't many people that know that there are oneness Christians in the Middle East or in Catholic nations. There are not many people that are aware of that, but we are a special people who can truly reach the Jews and the Muslims who believe in one God. We can connect with them like no other, and they will respect us like no other, and so just really pray. That's our heartbeat. We want to re- reach Muslims. Pray for us for that, but this one young lady came, and by the end of the service, she was baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Within a few weeks, she was coming to our host Bible studies that we hold all week long in various parts of the country, coming to church on Sunday, and her co-worker who attended our church became concerned about her because she could see there was a change in her and she wasn't coming out as much and she thought she was quite depressed, so she went to her apartment to check on her, and as soon as she walked in, she could see, see a rope hanging from the doorway and she asked her if she was contemplating suicide and she said yes." She contacted us and said, "Please pray for this lady." And the next day, we had a house Bible study she came to. We laid hands on her, prayed for her in Jesus' name. And the following day, a miracle happened. She had been estranged from her eight-year-old daughter. The dad and that family had held back the daughter from contacting mom. And for four years, she hadn't had any contact with her. And out of the blue, this eight-year-old daughter FaceTimed her mom. And just made her day. She was the happiest I'd seen her since I'd met her. And three days later, that Sunday, God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Completely transformed her life. Completely. God wants us to be whole. Body, soul, and mind. He wants us to be completely healed, completely whole, and wholly His Thank you for having us. We're so privileged to be with you today.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I wonder if you'd stand with me and take your Bibles. Again, I'm just so thankful to be with you today and to have this opportunity to minister. And God is not at all lacking in his ability. Amen. The message I have for you today may be a little shocking in its title, but it says uh, in the scripture we find two different writers that tell us this story of a man. This man was the original anti-Christian terrorist. We can find him... In the scripture, repeatedly. But God, say, but God can deliver any soul. Amen. Amen. If you'd open your Bible with me to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18, we find that in the wisdom that God had given to Paul, he writes about the antidote, the solution, the answer to anybody who is in need. Amen. And it fits so well with our theme of this coming week, because in Philippians 4 and verse 18, Paul writes, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing. To God, Amen. Let's praise the Lord and thank him for this wonderful testimony. Jesus, we worship you. We honor you, God, for these words of worship, O oh God, this spirit that is right, this spirit that is hungry for to do right and to receive from you, and we believe you will answer. In Jesus' name we come, thanking you for the word. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. It probably would bring greater clarity to these words if you recognize that Paul is writing this as a prisoner. He is writing this as someone who is condemned to die. He's writing this as someone who is literally facing starvation and freezing, and, and so, of course, he is so thankful when Epaphroditus comes to him and delivers the blessings that God wanted the, the ch- sent from the church, and, and Paul tells the church here in this, in this letter to the Philippians, to the Philippian church, that I have all and abound. Sometimes I forget to say that when I'm unsure of how blessed I am. But God is telling me and reminding me to be aware that I am blessed beyond measure. Hallelujah. I am blessed beyond what I could count, beyond what I could understand. I am full having received, amen, the things which were sent from you. It's an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. I'm preaching to you this morning about an attitude of thankfulness. Amen. I'm preaching to you this morning about a spirit that is right before God. I'm preaching to you about something that can change every day of your life. Hallelujah. Paul understood the power of thankfulness unto God. For if I would fail to be thankful, it would mean I am completely blind. To the goodness of God. I would be completely unaware of how blessed I am. I would be absolutely out of touch with the wonder of a God who loves and provides for me. And so, a spirit of thankfulness, it needs to be the normal attitude. It is the normal attitude of the true Christian. Amen. Thanksgiving is this week, we say. And yes, it's our most honorable national celebration to be thankful for the provision, to be thankful for for the things that we have every day. Amen. To take on that attitude. This is a godly celebration. But thanksgiving through Jesus Christ is much more than just food and drink and family. But thanksgiving unto the Lord Jesus Christ is an entrance into the very presence of Almighty God. Reference would be to Psalm 100 and verse 4. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You don't get in to the outer court of God's presence with an unthankful heart. And I'm preaching to you today, believing and seeing that God has blessed you with a, a pastor and a leadership, amen, that wants to bless you, wants to see you full, wants to see you cared for, wants to see you multiply in blessings, and therefore... It's an opportunity to grow with them when we become thankful, when we say, Pastor, is there anything I could do? Is there anything I could be? Is there anything that I could participate in? I just want to share the love that I'm feeling through you and by you. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving through Jesus Christ is the entrance into the very presence of God. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, but there is more. When we praise God, we're saying not only I am thankful for what you have done, I understand that you're worthy to be praised for what you are doing, but I'm also praising you for what good things you have planned for my life. I'm praising you in advance. I'm declaring your praise. I'm saying you are worthy of all glory, worthy of all honor. I will be thankful unto you. I will bless your name because you do all things well. You are so good to me. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so thankful for the inner courts that are accessible when we praise Jesus in faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know you have something good for me today, God. I know you're going to do a wonderful thing. And so I praise you. You know what? I'm having a hard day and things are tough. I praise you. You're worthy anyway. I worship you because you're good. I worship you because of who you are. I worship you because it's right. I worship you because I want to know more of you. I want to be more like you. I need to get my spirit right before God, and I am not uh, familiar with every person in this church or any of you really to any extent, but I just know that this is right for us. This is the right spirit, amen. This is the right heart, hallelujah. God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I praise you anyhow. I know what it will be. It will be good. The scripture goes on to say, be thankful unto him and bless his name. This is taking it yet a step further. It's commanding us. These are not optional ideas, but it's saying be thankful continually. In my lifestyle every day, I need to be thankful unto God. I need to make it personal and bless his name, Jesus, Jesus, I bless your name, I bless your name, I bless your name. The nominal church across North America, they forget to use the name Jesus because it's become impersonal. It's a knowledge of what God should be like or could be like, but it is not intimate. It's not first name basis. And that's why it says, and bless His name. Know Him. Know in whom you have believed. Be persuaded that He is able to take that that you have delivered unto Him, and He is able to keep it against the day of judgment. Know that God has given you His name for that reason that you would speak it out loud unashamed. Not as a curse, not as an anger or a rage, not as turning against his goodness, but embracing the goodness of God. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that God is good. I want to make it personal. And the scripture goes on to say, for the Lord is good. Amen. That's an ongoing statement, state of being. He is always good. He is good to me. Beginning to end, God's goodness is in mercy that's everlasting. Hallelujah. And his God's goodness is it endureth to all generations. And Paul understood this in the darkest of prisons. He understood this when his life was on the line. He understood this when he was alone, afflicted, destitute, hungry, cold, persecuted. He understood. I am full, I abound, I have received the sweet savor of your goodness unto me, and it is well-pleasing unto God. It's a worship when we understand that God is greater than my situation. In our walk in the Middle East, in the, in the things that we've done, my wife mentioned there's a lack of fear. Yeah, we're wise. We don't go certain places. There's places where, well, places you wouldn't go in New York or wherever in America too, Canada as well. There's just places you've got to be wise. And so we can be thankful to God. We can be wise, but we can also know that when we are directed by Him, He is protecting us, and He is leading us. He has gone before us, and it's your prayers that make the difference. It's it's the prayers of the saints for the missionaries that knock down the opposition and open the doors of hope and love and joy. Amen. It's your joining with us in prayer that makes the difference for us. And so we are confident. We go forth with confidence. Amen. We walk in His purpose and His plan without fear. But my God, hallelujah. The very next verse after our text verse, Philippians four nineteen, Paul says, I am full, I abound, I am blessed. It's well-pleasing to God. And, oh, yes, he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Amen. God is not going to let you be needy without meeting that need. He is going to show you how to receive your blessing. He is going to teach you how to walk in his blessing and to live in his goodness. Amen. (laughs) Paul declares God's supply comes to us by Jesus Christ. Amen. He will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. by. Jesus Christ. Again, the scripture is consistent. It's taking us back to the name. Would you call the name when you pray? Would you wake up in the morning and say, oh Jesus, this is your day. I'm in your world. I'm in your purpose. I'm in your plan. Amen. And so again, Paul reminds us he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to be plugged in. We need to be connected to the name of the Lord. We need to recognize what he's given us. Amen. Embrace his blessing and receive his provision. Our need is met according to his unlimited riches in glory. And so we fearlessly share our witness around the block or around the world. It makes no difference. You are the same. You must overcome your fear. Paul prayed for boldness. He he asked the church that they would pray that he would have boldness. And so you need to pray for boldness. And you need to share the love of Jesus Christ and his goodness to you around your block. That your neighbor would hear. That your neighbor would understand. You know, we prayed for healing this morning and I was thinking... How good God is, how blessed we are. Amen. The day before we, the Sunday before we came uh, down to Virginia, we were in our home church and and we baptized two new people. They were just wanting to be baptized in Jesus' name. They would heard, they would looked at the scripture, and they had they had been steeped in Mennonite tradition, which went on endlessly about rules and and the way to live according to their tradition. But they said, we saw that the scripture was different than what we did, and so we need to obey the scripture. And I'm like, yes, 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 Amen, Hallelujah. And so we baptized them in Jesus' name, and that woman woman was instantly healed while she was baptized. She came, she went into the baptismal with pain in her wrist for years and came out and hadn't had a pain since. We praise God for that. God is good. God is always good. Amen. Lift up your faith. Challenge your faith. Call on Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I shall be healed. I will be changed. I will be made whole. I will be made new. And yes, even sharing this gospel will become a delight to me. I think it's okay to pray that, Pastor. You don't have to say, God, somehow force me through this. You know, beat me into submission so that I could do No, I think we should pray it this way. God, make it the, the most fun thing I've ever done i just like to blow somebody's mind with the goodness of God and just see them celebrate and turn on for God. I would love to do that. God, make it a joy in my life that I can smile at somebody and, and share the goodness of God. Hallelujah. We've, we've seen revival in our church in the last month, Pastor. Amen. We are pastoring a little church there. We came back in January, thought that we were going to be just supporting the pastor there, and he stepped down two weeks after we got there and said, could you take the church? We went there to get our children into a church where we knew they would be needed. We didn't know that we were going to be needed. Amen. And so they're doing ministry back home right now this Sunday. God bless them while we're here. But praise God for what he is doing. And I don't even remember why I was, where I was going with that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so we began prayer walks on, on, on our sun, uh, summer prayer night. We began prayer walks. And I, I just felt led of God and it connects so well with what's going on right here hallelujah and and I just I just felt to tell the people you know we're not, we're not going to walk past these houses in our city and try and pray the demons out of them if the people want those demons it's not up to us to take the demons away it's not our job We're going to walk, we're going to do a prayer walk, but we're just going to walk and we're going to smile at everybody. We're not going to try and buttonhole anybody or corner anybody. We're just going to play a blessing on this house and the glory of God down on that house and God's love upon that house. And and let his goodness shine from us into this family and into that place and, and just trusting God. That positivity isn't just pop psychology positive, say it and believe it and it's going to happen. No, that positivity is faith. God alone can do it. God alone. No man comes unto the Father except he draw him. Nobody can be saved unless God decides that he's going to make the difference. And so we are just the agent of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, and by that strength, I can share the love and the goodness of God. I don't live in fear. I don't have to wonder whether it's around my block or around the world. I know that you can do this. You can be a positive light in your community to your neighbor or around the world. Come with us. Just ask your pastor first. He told me about how you folks love to do ministry and have a mission's heart for around the world, his family members, etc. Amen. And so we have a like heart. We have a like faith. We have a joint commission. Amen. And so as I begin to conclude the message, I want to just tell you that I feel the love of God here and God's purpose is among you. But it is really how positively and certainly will I lift up the ministry of God's kingdom, lift up the leadership that God gave, lift up my joy, lift up my faith in in, in believing that God has a good thing for today, for today. And oh yes, by the way, the more good you want to do, the more the enemy's going to hate you. And the more he's going to lose when you just praise God through it. Amen. Just praise God through it. Believe God right through it. Trust God right through it. Amen. And so Paul writes, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Our need is is met according to God's ability, not our goodness. Amen. I don't earn it. I just have to ask God to help me to receive it with the right spirit. The Holy Spirit is my power supply. The scripture says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You don't have to wonder, preacher, how am I going to do this stuff? Just trust God for the power. Trust him for the joy. Trust him for the future. Trust him for your walk. Trust him for your words. He said, I will give you the words even if you step in front of a king. He said, you don't even have to figure it out. I'm going to give you the words because you did it in faith. Amen. You blessed his kingdom by your faith. Amen. God's truth is our great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to love this gospel. I want to love a place of worship so much that it becomes my privilege any time I can talk about my church, any time I can talk about Jesus and the goodness of God and his love to me. Amen. Amen. I want you to know that Paul was incredibly thankful because God had supplied all his needs by Jesus Christ. At the end of his life, Paul was very clear, this life is no longer needful for me. He said, it's better that I go. I just want to go. I'll stay here according to the glory of God, but I don't need to be here anymore. And God was meeting his needs. Thankfulness gave Paul Constant access to God's presence. He said, I pray without ceasing. Why? Because I'm just being thankful all the time. I'm just blessing God all the time. I'm just at peace all the time with the presence of Almighty God. The other writer that writes about this terrorist, the first anti-Christian terrorist, is Luke. He writes about the wicked actions of this man who tried to destroy the church in its very beginning. But Luke does more than that. Luke also writes about the conversion of this man. He tells us that Paul was that man. He was Saul and he was persecuting the church, destroying it as he could. And Paul himself was changed and transformed from Saul into Paul. Galatians 1.13, Paul writes about it himself, saying, For ye have heard of my conversion in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. I tried to destroy it so, so there would be nothing left. That was his actions. He tried to steal all, destroy all, until there would be no strength left in it. But if you go 10 verses down further, it finally says, after God saved and changed me, I was no longer the scourge of the church. But he says, they, the church, heard only that he which persecuted us in time past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed, and they glorified God. There is nothing beyond God's hand. There is nothing that God cannot change. His arm is never too short. His hand is never too weak. And God will use the worst of this world to bring him glory. I praise him. Can we lift up the Lord together? I praise him. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Stand with me as we read this last scripture and prepare to go into a time of prayer. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise you, God. It's your word. It's your word, O oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The scripture says that my carnal mind is an enemy of God. It's at enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. So then... They that are in the flesh cannot please God. we got to get out of this flesh if this is going to work. we got to get out of our ideas and our strength. But we are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I want to end with these two simple questions. Do you know your mission? Do you know what God is calling you to I can give you the foundational point right here, right now. Just be thankful and worship God. Give Him praise. Lift Him up. Make sure that He is honored in your life and God will give you great honor and blessing. Amen. This is the question for you. And the question is, how can I make that fit in this church? How can I be a blessing here? How can I be a blessing now? Do you believe that with God, nothing will be impossible for you? Is your faith being challenged that anything can happen when God calls me to do his work? And so we're going to praise God. We're going to worship God. We're going to believe him for our ministry around the world and your ministry, wherever it may be. We're going to believe that in thankfulness and in joy in celebrating and in in loving God, there will be victory in every day of your life. Can you praise him with me? Let's just go to God in faith. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. You're my answer. You're my hope, oh God. You're my deliverance, oh God. You're my healing. There is no God like you. There is none before you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I give you thanks and I honor you. I bless your name, God, for what you're doing in my church, for what you're doing in my home, Lord. Change me, God. Help me to show love. Help me to be thankful. Help me to bless your name. Help me to know that there is nothing that you cannot change. There is nothing beyond your hand, Lord. And so I praise you for what you will do. I thank you for what you have done. I believe you for my future. I understand, Lord, that you are doing a mighty work in my life. And I trust you for every good work. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm opening this altar. Would you join me here at the front? Would you come close? As we worship God, let's just give him praise. Amen. Let's honor him. Hallelujah. And let's give him our worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.